0: Hi, this is Dr. Scott Hahn, and you're listening to Joseph Warren with Broken Catholic. You're going to enjoy everything you hear. Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, overdrinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn, or drinking more than once a week, then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances, you've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called powerlessness. Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power when you were unstoppable back when you were the man. But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap. You half-ass your workouts. Your health is slipping. Your finances are slipping. Your marriage is slipping. Your parenting is slipping. Your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. You are me. I am you. Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our Shredded Fathers Brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. Go to ShreddedFathers.com. Limited spots are available. Brother, your wife and kids are waiting for you to step up and lead them. Brother, wake up. Move. Today, my featured guest is Justin Janowski. He's a loving husband and father, a podcast host, a speaker, and the founder and CEO of Faith to Influence. His company's mission is to help Christian businessmen win more at work, at home, and in the faith through Faith to Influence's retreats, coaching, and mastermind programs. So what you just heard there, BC Nation, is that it's not enough just to win in business. You can make all the money in the world and still go home miserable. I coach those people. I know exactly what that's like. I was one of those guys. I made the millions and went home miserable and alone and broken every day. What's the point? So you want to win at home and at work and in your faith. That's what Justin's all about. Through God's grace, Faith to Influence uh, created over $400,000 in revenue in its first year in business. What I like about Justin is that he's not hiding the business success. He's, he's bringing in the business success with the faith success and saying you can have both and God wants us to have both. And this isn't prosperity gospel either. Okay? This is saying you don't have to be uh, totally broke and poor in order to follow God. You don't. Justin has trained over 1,000 entrepreneurs, salespeople, and coaches over the last decade to successfully launch or grow their professional careers while honoring God and honoring their families. Justin Janowski, you can find him at faith That's faith, the number two, influence.com. Justin, welcome to Broken Catholic. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you?
1: Joseph, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on the show. And- to fill in some of the gaps on that intro, I'll also add that I've, I've got two little ones at home and Joseph and I talked, he's got a two month old. We've got a two month old that's was born three days earlier than his little girl. So that's Gavin for us, our, our son. And we've got a one and a half year old Grace at home. And uh, my wife and I have a really tender heart for our family and also for our community and for giving. And these are things we really care about. And I have uh, two visions that are kind of equally interesting to me and one is to be really impactful and be successful in business and to have like great influence and work really hard the other vision though is simply to be the cool house in the neighborhood and have people smell the barbecue and come on over and be the house where people come to watch the packers game and and just hang out and and so i've got kind of this this part of me that just wants to have an easy life with the fence and the dog and the kids and and uh easy, but important. And another part of me that wants to be really influential. And I think that these two things can merge together really well, that desire to just enjoy our neighborhood, enjoy our community, and also to go beyond that with what we're doing at Faith to Influence.
0: Mm. You know, I think uh, you bring up a great point, Justin. Um, I know the way I was raised was uh, more poverty, uh, financial poverty and just getting by being the poorest home on the block. Um, and that was kind of uh, how Christianity was all tied into that. It was kind of like, well, if you want to worship God, then life's meant to be a struggle. Hmm. You know, you got to struggle to worship God. Hmm. And I think that's very fascinating. Um, and I'm not sure that's that's the truth at all, right? I think there's there is struggle that comes with life, And it's all about bringing our struggles to the God that we worship when we're going through a struggle. But does that mean we have to be struggling our entire life?
1: I don't think so. Now I I do know that God calls different people to different things. And so like he threw Peter in jail and that was his life. That was his calling is to write these letters from jail and to stay faithful in this painful, difficult situation. He calls some of us to that. He calls some of us to a painful, difficult life. And in that, he can reveal himself through the way that we respond to the struggle, the, the way we respond to the challenge. He calls some of us to leave all of our finances behind and our professional careers behind and go be missionaries. And that's wonderful too. And he calls others of us to be successful in business and in, in our finances. And I, I think to influence through that, uh, ultimately, God's kingdom extends to every single social platform and every single social level and every single income level. And I think that he calls us to have leaders at every single spot along the way, all the different experiences that people go through all the different situations that people deal with. I think that God just wants us to have authentic leaders in every situation. And for me, I know that as you're kind of referencing a lot of Christians have a money mindset challenge where they really want to worship god and they feel that money is the root of all evil when really it's love of money that's the root of all evil and for me that's for whatever reason god's never instilled that fear or that concern in me i want to earn as much as i possibly can but also give as much as i possibly can and my wife and i have always given 15 to 20 percent and i'd love to someday give more and as we earn more we can give more and we can be influential to certain communities that we might not otherwise reach
0: So what I'm hearing you say is that you're all about earning more so that you can influence more. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. And to give more.
0: That's it. You know, one of my friends is a billionaire here in Tampa, Florida, and I think he gives away something like 80, 90% of his income. Mm. Now, obviously that 10% he has left over, He lives in the multi-million dollar house. He's got the, all the different Mercedes and different vehicles and everything like that. He still lives better than 99% of planet earth, mm-hmm. but he's giving away more than 99% of planet earth. And because mm-hmm. he's such a great steward, God keeps raining down financial blessings in his life. So what I'm hearing you say is you can't have both. It's, yeah. it's what do you do with the money? Do you worship God or do you worship the money?
1: Because mm-hmm. exactly you can't right. worship both, right? Exactly right.
0: All right, let's get into it. Um, you do these retreats with men, and men are struggling. And most men, in my personal experience here locally in Tampa, um, I you know have been part of men's retreats. We run a men's program. Two hundred guys show up every Tuesday morning for a men's like Bible study type experience. And regardless of their age, i I find my personal experience is that. Most men will not admit that they have a problem Hmm. and therefore will not seek help. So they'll just struggle in silence. Hmm. Do you have a similar experience with that? What do men show up to your retreats with? Like what's the big common theme that you hear as far as the suffering or what they're struggling with across the board with men?
1: It's a great question. And To respond to the first part of what you were sharing, Joseph, I think you're right that most men won't just come out and admit that they're struggling or that they're in pain. We oftentimes had models in our fathers and our grandfathers of being stoic or hard or limiting our emotional experience a little bit. And so we try to do the same thing. However, my experience has been that when you ask the right questions, most men are actually really willing to open up. And if we're willing to be courageous with our questions, most people will answer the question. The problem is that most men aren't asking each other good questions. And so when we're hanging out with our buddies, we're usually talking about sports, we're teasing each other, we're talking about potentially women, and sometimes in a negative way, in a way that's not really appropriate. And we're just having beer and having kind of surface level conversation. And so when we are willing to be courageous enough in our friendships and our relationships to ask the deeper questions, to get really curious and go three or four layers deeper than most will go, I think you'll find that people will answer those questions. Men do want to talk about what they're experiencing. And that's been what we've experienced at our retreats As men come in and if we set the stage appropriately and we ask the right questions, once one opens up, then the next, and then the next, and then the next, And we work with high achieving masculine men in business and they come to these retreats and 70 or 80% of them cry at some point during the weekend because most of us have, almost every one of us has some sort of deep seated pain that we haven't talked about, that we haven't worked through, that we haven't dealt with. And for us, what we're experiencing is that's everything across the board. In some cases, it's a deep insecurity and a question of whether or not each man is enough I think that many of us grow up trying to prove to our fathers we are enough. And if we're not infir- affirmed in that and we don't have deep relationship with God, we question ourselves a lot and we feel that insecurity, that fear, and we worry about what other people are thinking about us, even though we never would want to pretend that is the case or admit that. I think that men also have deep relational pain. Many of us really struggle in our relationships with women and culture sets us up in a way where it's really difficult for us to overcome the culture. And many men are abusing things like pornography, relationships with other women. They have significant pains from this that need healing. And beyond that, like, I think that some men are withholding who they really are. They're not showing up with the, the emotion and the love and the compassion that really exists in their heart because of that idea that they need to be tough and they need to be strong. And ultimately we all deal with a number of different things, whether it's addiction or, or pain that needs to be healed. And we simply need a community that's going to come around us and fight for the things that are most important.
0: BC nation. What I'm hearing Justin say is be courageous in your relationships to ask the deeper questions. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Your heart really wants to answer them. Mm -hmm. So does your friends, but nobody's asking those questions. So before we get into, because I I really want to hear an example of a few of those questions, if you could kind of just present yourself to that, Justin, that you ask on these retreats, because I really want to get an idea of, well, what do those questions actually look like? It's one thing to say, hey, go do this. You need to do this. But Mm -hmm. but what does that actually look like? Before we do that, what is the common theme or thread that is happening in men um, in their lives where they say, They come across your retreats and they say, I need to do this. I need to unplug for, I don't know, is this a multi-day retreat? Yes, three days. Three days. Okay. So like a weekend experience? Yes. Okay. So that's a big commitment, especially Mm -hmm. if they have wives and kids, right? To get away. And um, So what is going on in the man where he says enough, I'm signing up, I'm doing this because it's been my experience. A lot of the retreats locally here, the wives sign up the husbands and say, you're going to this. (laughs) So what's, what's going on in the men for them to actually take action like that?
1: Well, ultimately we all take action when we have enough leverage to act. And we typically gain the leverage to act in one of two ways. Either one, we want to avoid pain. And so men will oftentimes get to a place where they're finally recognizing, even if they haven't shared it with anyone else, that they're in pain and the pain is too much for them to want to continue to experience it. It might be pain in their marriage. It might be pain financially. It might be pain in their business. It might be that, that thing we talked about before where they're just questioning themselves and their identity and worrying about what people think. And they're just not expressing the fullness of who God created them to be at some level. And it hurts. And, and it might be that they're not showing up as the father they need to show up as. It's a number of different things, but ultimately they're in some level of pain and they say, I don't want to feel this anymore. And maybe some community, some great content, some sharing, some questions, some opening up might shift and get me out of this pain. And the other thing that gives leverage to people is that they desire something, that maybe they're pursuing pleasure rather than avoiding pain. And maybe they see that, man, my life could be so much better if I could honor who I really was, my life would be so much stronger and feel so much more fun and so much more free. If I could connect with God at a deeper level, my life would be so much better if I could have real relationships with men of depth, or my life would be so much better if I could begin to show up as the husband and the father that God created me to be. And they see what could be possible and they want that badly enough to say, okay, it's time for me to go pursue that. Oftentimes, for most people, it's the pain that we want to avoid that compels us more than the thing that we want to pursue. In some cases though, especially for people who have clear vision, they want something badly enough to say, it's time for me to act.
0: Okay. I really get that. The pain and the pleasure. So how do guys, how do they find you or how do you find them? How do you tap into the world? Because most guys in my experience are not online looking for men's retreats to go to. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's totally correct. I don't think people are thinking, Oh, let me find the next men's retreat. Uh, I think that they have to have the opportunity put in front of them. And the way that we've done it is 90% through people we know and referrals. I really, really believe in building business through referrals and warm leads. I understand that online marketing is very popular right now and funnels are very popular right now and they absolutely work for some businesses I also want to encourage any entrepreneurs who are listening to this, that you don't need to overcomplicate your business right out of the gates. It might be that you could simply reach out to the people you already know, who you've built a relationship with, who you have trust and respect with, mutual respect and ask them, invite them to something special to be a part of something. And then from there, when you deliver at a really high level, people naturally want to refer and we ask every single client for referrals. And I think that that's another way that entrepreneurs and salespeople need to develop courage is the willingness to ask for referrals, ask for introductions. And 90% of our sales have come from that. The other 10% have come from free social media marketing and a little bit of funnel and paid ads and those sorts of things.
0: So uh, this is uh, just a funny thought to me, and I'm guessing it's not the case, but before men go home on the retreat, before they're allowed to leave, do you have them like sit down and say, okay, I need three referrals from you right now or you're not leaving the
1: house, like it's locked? That sounds really interesting. I, I, I think that's, uh, that's bold and kind of awesome, but no, we don't do that. What we do do since we're teaching sales. It would work though. It, it would work. They would probably cough up the referrals. Uh, but because we work with entrepreneurs and salespeople who we really want to encourage to ask referrals themselves for their businesses, we teach them our referral process on the third day and add value first. And then as we're teaching and role-playing it, we say, hey, why don't you write down the people that you want to introduce to us? And we collect those names and referrals, and then we like to be warmly introduced through a group text thread. And our clients are usually pretty willing, pretty good at supporting us with that. And if they're not, that's okay. We don't need any one prospect or any one sale. Uh, Ultimately though, if we're doing really good work, the hearts of the men are really open and they want to share it. You know, Daniel Rivera, who is a client first and is now on our team, He was introducing every person he loved, every man he loved. His dad's been to a retreat. His son's been to a retreat. His two brothers have been to a retreat. His nephew's been to a retreat. He just believes in what we do and wants the people he loves to be a part of it.
0: So something I saw on your website that you do completely different, I think it's fantastic, is not only do you merge in these retreats business and faith, but you actually teach business skills, right? You do sales training at a Christian men's retreat. Mm -hmm. Like those two things normally don't go together. I think they should. And you're doing it successfully. How did that come about? And how do you do it specifically?
1: Yeah, that's interesting because we don't see that in the marketplace very often. And it sometimes actually makes like the online cold marketing difficult because we're not solving one single problem. We're solving multiple problems, which Typically, is not a great marketing idea. The more you can narrow your focus and your niche, the better. And we found that there are a lot of men in business and sales and entrepreneurship who are having a high level of success and aren't quite fulfilled, aren't sure what to do with it. Maybe they're making a lot of money, they're having a lot of success in business, but they're falling short at home. It's not even worth it. If they're falling short in their relationship with God, of course, it's not even worth it. And so the way this came about is I've been in sales for my whole professional career, about 15 years. And at my former company, we were, uh, I was working with a company called Epic Impact. They're called Abundant Now. And we did sales and leadership training for entrepreneurs and salespeople. And I loved the work. And I was the lead sales guy for the company. There were a few times though that I recognized that I wanted to bring the spirit of God into the conversation. There were a few times I recognized that I wanted to speak into people's marriages and the things that really mattered at the highest level. I think there's nothing more important than faith and family. And so I felt like I really, really wanted to speak into men in that area. And I know that God gifted me a sales and leadership skill sets, and I'm pretty good at training people at that. And so it felt like I wanted to bring together the things that I love to do, that I'm good at doing that. I really felt like the audience of people I wanted to work with needed. And that's like taking a look at the whole picture and making sure that we're healing and showing up in the right way in all the different areas. If we're showing up as a salesperson and being sleazy or looking out for our commissions rather than taking care of the people we're working with, and then we're going to church on Sunday and acting like everything's all right, something's not all right. And if we're acting like we're a great leader in business but we can't lead in our own homes, something's not right. And I just feel like men, especially in business, really need to get all three areas right to feel the most fulfilled, to have the greatest impact and to become more of who God created them to be.
0: Mm. So powerful. So right out the gate, year one with Faith to Influence, you did over $400,000 in revenue. Now you didn't have referrals at that point. You had a new product, a new weekend retreat experience, I'm guessing. How did you get those first guys to jump in and take that risk with you, because I'm guessing you didn't give it away for free. You had to cover your cost, right? That's how you made 400 grand. I'm guessing it's multiple thousand dollar investment. You don't have to give the actual number, but like that's something for guys to take a risk on and give three days of their life to the unknown. How did you do that?
1: Yeah, so I started with what I call a person's natural market. And I started with my natural market. Who are the people I already know? Who are the relationships I already have? And so what I did was I made a spreadsheet right when I was starting my business, I pulled up a spreadsheet. I grabbed my phone. I went through every single name in my phone. And if they seemed like they could either be a prospect or a referral partner for this business, I wrote them down. And then I went through every one of my social medias and did the exact same thing. This took hours, but ultimately at the end of it, I had 150 people who I thought could be realistic prospects to come to a retreat. They're Christian men in business. That's basically what I was looking at for qualifications. And then I had a list of like 200 or 250 people who I thought they respect me. We have a good relationship and they might be willing to believe in me enough to refer me to one or two people who could be a fit. And then once I did that, I went through that list of the prospects and I sent a text message to every one of them that I wanted to pursue. I probably sent, I didn't send out 150 right out of the gate, but I sent out like 60 text messages in one day and i said hey i'm starting this new business is called faith to influence this is what we're all about helping people do this this and this and i'd love to you know share with you a little bit more about what we're doing and see if it might be a fit for you or someone in your network someone you know and i i just kind of poured my heart out in this text and i sent out 60 people which might not feel like pouring your heart out because it was a copy paste change the name kind of structure but that was the way i could reach out to a tremendous amount of people now i might have changed a sentence or two for certain people uh, to make sure that it made sense for who I was sending the message to. And I'll tell you, Joseph, a lot of the people didn't respond at all. And then there was a handful of people who responded and said, wow, that's so cool. It's not for me, but good luck. And sent me a nice, encouraging message. And then there were a handful of people who said, oh, this is really interesting. I'd like to talk about it. And I got on the phone with a few people who were like, man, like you said, well, wow, bringing faith business and relationships and family together. I've never heard of this before. This sounds like it's specifically for me. This is what I need. And some people were really fired up about the idea and wanted to be a part of it. And then I just started sharing on social media with the people I knew that I didn't have a phone number of, I wasn't in close connection with, but I was just sharing, here's what I'm doing. Free social media advertising. Here's what Faith to Influence is all about. And in that first retreat, I had six people who I knew who I sent those text messages to and said, yeah, I'm really interested in this. Come out and join us. And man, I'm so grateful for those men entrusting me and and believing in this vision at the beginning. And then I had one person who was an acquaintance on Facebook who saw what we were doing and reached out and sent me a message and was curious. And then I had one person from LinkedIn who I'd never met before, didn't know who he was. We just happened to be connected on LinkedIn. He said, wow, I've never heard of anything like this. Can you tell me more? And he came out. So that was the first eight. And then in the next retreat, we had, you know, all referrals. We had, we had five men there and all five were referrals and you know, we, we grew from there. And after just a couple of retreats, we'd already booked uh, well over a hundred thousand dollars in revenue through our you know monthly programs and things like that. It, it happened really fast. And I think sometimes coaches who want to scale a business like this or run events or a mastermind program, they make it so big. Like, Oh man, I need to have thousands of people on my email list and I need to mm. run all these Facebook ads and reach out to all these people I don't know and build my reputation And I I sometimes am reminding people that it's not necessarily that difficult. If you are charging a price that has integrity to what you're doing and you have a network of people who fit your client profile, we can sometimes build the business in a little bit easier, more efficient way, more fun way, and then build the reputation and then expand on to colder prospects.
0: It's really powerful. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think you're, you're completely right on that. We think, okay, I need a hundred people to sign up for this first retreat when in fact you started with eight Mm -hmm. and then your next one was five, right? Mm -hmm. And and you just started to build that track record of integrity and results and boom referrals. Mm -hmm. And, and here you are, you know, just kicking it, winning. That's fantastic. So we're speaking with Justin Janowski. He's the founder and CEO of faith to influence. You can find him at Faith the number two, influence.com. He does Christian men's retreats, uh, mastermind groups, and he adds business, he adds family, and he adds faith. And when you combine those three together, I think that's a very unique and powerful combination of winning in your life, all areas of your life. Why just win in one? Why settle for one? It doesn't make sense. I did it. It sucked right, Justin? Yes. (laughs) All right, buddy. So uh, I'm gonna ask you this. Um, What are your top three tips or spiritual strategies for men right now listening to the show and a few ladies that they can do this week during a pandemic at home Mm -hmm. to step into either that pain avoidance or that pleasure-seeking of winning in these three areas of their life? Was that a, a too broad of a question, or are you clear on the question?
1: I'm clear on the question.
0: What do you got? What are your top three tips or strategies?
1: The first strategy is to pray. I think more important than anything else is to just sit in that time with God. Men today are so distracted. Even Christian men, we're so distracted that we don't create any space for God. The Moment we have a break, most of us are in our phones scrolling. Right before we fall asleep, we're scrolling. Right when we wake up, we're scrolling. When we're in the bathroom, we're looking at our phones. We hardly ever get our face out of our phones. And it's very hard to be thoughtful and to be prayerful and to encounter God when our face is in our phone. So first and foremost is to get our face out of our phone so we can pray. And I'll I'll say that the strategy is to get our face out of our phone and away from all the distractions so we can do a few different things. And the first is pray and just say, hey, God, you know, I, I want you to help me become who you created me to be. I want your will in my life. I want the courage to surrender and be obedient to what you're calling me to and to just like talk to God. And if prayer is something that some of the listeners aren't used to doing, maybe they're a Christian, they go to church, but praying on their own seems kind of foreign. I want to remind everyone that it's, it's really easy. All we do is talk to God and just have a conversation. It doesn't have to be professional. It doesn't have to have etiquette. We just need to close our eyes and say, God, I want to talk to you. And he's here. He's always here waiting for that conversation, desiring to have it with us, pursuing us. And we just need to get out of our own way by removing the distraction, removing the phone. The second thing that can happen when we remove the phone and the distraction beyond just prayer is to sit and think. Some of the greatest leaders I know put an hour of thinking time in their calendar every week and they simply mid midday Monday, sit down in a chair with a journal and no no other distractions and they think and they reflect, you know, before we can change anything in our lives, Joseph, we need to have awareness of what it is that we want to change. We have to have an awareness of what's going on. You know, we talk about men starting in ignorance or people in general starting in ignorance with anything and then infinitely better than being in that place of ignorance is that place of awareness where someone's told us something, or we've thought something we've learned something or God's given us an answer of awareness. And then from there, we can begin to transform the thing, which takes a lot of hustle, and a lot of activity and sometimes some sweat and some tears and it's hard. And then beyond that, we can eventually get to a place of mastery and leadership. And so what I'd recommend is sitting in silence to pray, sitting in silence to think these are things that are really important And great spiritual practices. And then I'll throw in the third one and just say how important it is to pray with and for the people around us. One of the best things you can do for your marriage, if you're a man is pray with and for your wife out loud, pray with and for your wife about your marriage out loud. Every single week, my wife and I have a a special evening that's dedicated to our relationship. And the first thing we do is pray and I get to say out loud that God, please work in this marriage, work in our relationship, bring us more joy and love, Help to be a better husband, help us to have great connection, help our marriage to be an expression of your love. And when we pray that out loud in front of our wives, God acts on our behalf and just having our wives hear how important this is to us and that this is the thing we want to pray about can move mountains, can really change what's going on in our lives.
0: All right. There you have BC nation for all you men out there that are wondering how to be the spiritual leaders of your home, you want to, you have the desire to do it, but you're scared to do it because you don't know what it actually looks like to win as a spiritual leader at home. Justin just laid it out for you very practically, very tactically. It doesn't have to be complicated. Most things from God are simple, Mm -hmm. right? I do a very simple thing of spiritual leadership. It's small, but I could tell you it's impactful. Before bed every night, I bless, uh, I do a prayer of blessing and protection on my wife first. Mm. That makes her day. It makes her day. Like, and I do the sign of the cross on her, you know, and I simply say, uh, may God, the father, uh, what do I say? Uh, <laughs> I say, uh, uh, may God bless and protect you in the name of the father, in the name of the son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And just reminder of the baptism, right? That she has. And she's, she's a, um, a, a Southern Baptist, right? And it, but it's universal. Then I go over to my daughter in the bassinet and I do the same blessing over her. And this is every single night that changes things. Mm-hmm. I am therefore being a spiritual leader because the two women in my household are hearing the man of the house pray f- to God, the creator, And pray for them. Exactly what you're saying, Justin. Mm -hmm. Was that difficult? No, it takes me 30 seconds each. Mm -hmm. This is it, man. This is where you start. Be courageous in your relationships. Ask the deeper questions. Do the small little acts of faith, but do them publicly Mm -hmm. with others. That's the key, right, Justin?
1: Yes. Yes. And I mean, it's, it's wonderful for you to have your silent prayer time, just you and God. It's also act active leadership, to Joseph's point, to be speaking out loud in front of others. You know, my wife and I, we had a, a year of radical giving, we called it, in 2017, where we put a few structures in place to give in a way that we'd never given before, and one of them was to feed somebody every day for a year. And you can feed somebody more, you can feed a lot more people more efficiently by giving some money to a charity, and we do those sorts of things too, but we wanted to cultivate the act of giving, and we were living in San Francisco at the time. And we would go out to the streets and bring a sandwich to a homeless person, or we'd have people over to our house for dinner. And we just, we wanted to feed somebody every day for a year. And when we had people over for dinner, even if they weren't Christians, we just said, hey, can I pray with you? Can we pray for you? And they always said yes. And speaking that prayer, they always have a smile at the end. When someone is praying for you, these wonderful words, Christian or not, it feels good. And hopefully that can have an influence over time. And so I think that the more bold we can be in praying, the better. You know, if you're a business leader and you're not sure what to do or what to say in the middle of a heated moment or a meeting to simply stop and say, you know what, I'm not sure what the answer is right now. Let's pray. Let's consult the God of the universe. If you can do that and be bold in that, that can move mountains. That can change things.
0: Amen to that. We're speaking with Justin Janowski. He's the founder, CEO of faith2influence.com. You can find him there, faith2influence.com. Justin, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. This is where I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. Let's do it. What's your favorite thing about God? He's here. What's your least favorite thing about God? He's here. (laughs) He's watching me right now. Uh, Uh, What are you most afraid of?
1: hmm. I'm afraid of fear and anxiety. I have a hard time receiving my wife and her fear and anxiety when she has it and other people. I I get in this positive mindset, which is a problem. I want to empathize with people better. I want to be able to receive other people's fear and anxiety and it's the thing that scares me the most, being afraid. Mm.
0: Man, that's powerful. I just put together a a digital book for uh, Christian entrepreneurs, business owners who struggle with everyday anxiety because it's a big problem, especially right now during the pandemic, it's amplified. So I put this out there. People are buying it online off my website. If that's of interest to you, BC Nation, go to josephwarren.net. If you suffer from everyday anxiety and you want a biblical approach to eradicate it, obliterate it from your life so you can get back to living the life God has for you. All right, Justin, you said earlier that you believe everybody's struggling with something at any given moment of their life. Yeah. What are you struggling
1: with right now? There's two things that come to mind. I referenced the one a moment ago is that, you know, I, I one of the things I teach and it's a great thing about teaching about marriage and relationships is that I get to learn over and over and I get to flash a light on myself again and again and again. One of the things that I don't always do as well as I want to is receive my wife when she has a fear, when she has an anxiety, when she has an emotion that feels big to me. And John Eldridge talks about you now how men will point the finger at their wives and act like they're too much or they're not enough all of the time and it's really because of our brokenness it's our own fear and unwillingness to dive deep into the heart of our women because we're afraid that we're not strong enough to receive whatever they have for us in there and i'm guilty of that all the time mm. i'm i'm a coward sometimes when it comes to negative emotions i don't want to be around them and i do actually want to be able to re- be around them I do want to be able to receive my wife and all of her emotions and everything that she's experiencing and she's a wonderful woman it's not like she 's in this state all the time but when she does get there I want to be able to listen without trying to solve the problem or make the th- the thing i'm listening to a problem at all no woman wants to be solved they simply want to be received it's the same thing for men and sometimes I'm really great at receiving sometimes I'm not and I feel ashamed when I try to tell my wife analytically why the fear or anxiety isn't valid or doesn't make sense. And I'm, I'm, I'm hurting how she feels. I'm invalidating her to my point and, and it's, it's not good for our relationship. And so I really, really want to get stronger in that and have more patience and more love and more willingness to receive. And then the Mm -hmm. second thing I'm really struggling with right now is, And specifically over the last two weeks, I really worked hard the last two weeks. And we held two virtual retreats and back-to-back weeks. I normally shouldn't don't do that week-to-week and shouldn't do that week-to-week is my recognition. I feel like I've been working a little bit too hard. I've been spreading myself a little bit too thin. And I'm feeling kind of burnt out. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs face this. And so I'm having a big meeting with our team on Friday to say, how can we restructure things a little bit? How can I make sure that I'm refilling my cup and taking the time I need to be the leader that God's calling me to be and to have that extra time with God and the extra time with my family. That's so important.
0: Mm, Powerful. Thanks for sharing that. And I know we're in our confession round, but I just want to go there and add to one thing you said, because I think we are all, we're all struggling with this as men. uh, You said very um, uh, well that women do not want to be fixed. Mm -hmm. They want to be received. And I want to add to that. They want to be received and referred. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is they want to be received and listened to in whatever they're feeling. Don't fix it. But then refer them. Say, listen, I don't have the answers. I don't know what to do to help you with that. But I know who does. Let's Mm -hmm. go to him. Right? And then bring them, refer them. And, and I think sometimes we forget that as men, that we put all the weight of responsibility on us that we have to fix whatever our, the love of our life is going through when it doesn't belong to us. We're actually being little control freaks. Yeah. And instead, we just need to surrender it to God and bring our woman
1: to him. Amen. Amen. We've got hope- the God of the whole universe ready to help us solve the problem. And us men with all of our ego think, oh, I've got this. Yeah. I got
0: this. God, just hang out there, man.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Hilarious. All right. So Justin, what did you spend way too much time doing in your twenties?
1: Worrying about what other people thought.
0: Yeah, for sure. Some of us do it in our thirties, forties and fifties, don't we? Mm -hmm. What secret fear do you have about people?
1: I'm not trying to overthink this question. It's just such a good question. I haven't considered yet. What secret fear do I have about people?
0: Listen, you tell me to be courageous and ask deeper questions. So That's I'm wonderful. doing
1: it. It's a wonderful question. The secret hidden fear I have about people. Hmm. Be
0: real. We all have one or more. Mm-hmm. Either how you show up with them or they show up with you. Yeah. <laughs> wow! <laughs> really <got> <laughs> <laughs> we can come back to that. I'll let Let's you, I'll let, I'll let, I'll let you out on this question. If you give us an example of deeper questions that you ask men on the retreat, give us one or two.
1: Yes. So a question we ask on the first day, right in the middle of the day, after like we taught on some of these concepts, we say, what are some of your God given gifts? And then the second question, this is the deeper one, is in what ways have you been dishonoring those gifts by allowing your fear, your ego, your blind spots, or your masks to get in the way? And we'll have people cry at at lunch that day sharing the answer to that question, the ways in which they're dishonoring their gifts with their ego and those different things getting in the way. And the second thing, uh, second question we'll ask, this is before a bonfire ceremony at the end of the first day is what is God calling for you to stop doing, let go of, or leave behind? Followed by what is God calling you to magnify or expand in your life? And we'll have the men write these things on a piece of paper, And have an opportunity to crumple them and throw them into the fire and the fire will disintegrate the thing that we want to leave behind but it will also expand when we put something into it and so it works for both sides of this but this is where men will talk about addiction they'll talk about pain they'll talk about forgiveness they'll talk about the the hard thing that they've been trying to avoid uh when we set the stage appropriately for this and when we think about not not what we want what our next goal is but what is god calling us to that maybe we've been resisting that kind of question can really call out a different level of truth.
0: Those are definitely deeper questions. You did not let us down. Thank you for that. Where'd you come up with all these questions? Did you get this from someone else? Did you sit there with God in your quiet time?
1: I sat there with God in my quiet time. It was funny because we put together the retreat. No doubt there were tremendous influence from my former company, Epic Impact, on putting together the structure of how to run a retreat. And I learned so much about that from them. But the specific content and the specific questions, I felt like God just brought to light the answers really quickly. And I never imagined myself to be a creator or a creative type, as some people talk about in business. That's not really my gift. And uh, that's one of the reasons I know that it was absolutely from God, because I'm not really capable of coming up with a great question sometimes on my own. And God just kind of delivered it through the pen and it went from there.
0: Love it. All right. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God?
1: Mm. I think I wish that I learned sooner that God is just always present, always with me moment to moment. And I wish I learned sooner how much he loves me, even in my worst moments.
0: I love it. Sometimes we don't think God can love us because we're broken. And that's the very reason why he loves us so much. What's a new habit you want to form?
1: Stronger workout practices. I'm doing P90X right now. uh, I did a couple times years ago, uh, but I got away from good workout habits. And now I've been pouring into that. I did the Yoga X this morning. For those of you who've done this before, it is the most intense yoga experience. And um, I'm on my fourth week and really enjoying that.
0: I kind of joke around. I think uh, Catholicism is like P90X for Christians.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is a bad habit you want to break?
1: I'll stick on the same thread, man. I just, I love food and I've got a bad habit of eating too much food, enjoying it a little bit too much. And so I want to break that habit. And this year my wife and I have a theme of it being the year of health and cool. health focused year. And so I just really want to stay on that thread.
0: Pick three words to describe who you are now.
1: Faithful, loving, and joyful.
0: Pick three words to describe who you were before you sat and removed all the phone and distractions and sat in quiet with God and surrendered your mm. entire life to him.
1: Mm. Distracted, lost, selfish.
0: Mm. And last question, if you could come back to life and look your family and friends, your two little kids in the eye, your wife in the eye, and give them only one piece of, about, a piece of advice about everything, about life, eternity, all of it, what would you say to them?
1: Trust in God.
0: Three words, baby. Trust in God. He is a good father. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about uh, having a relationship with God versus not?
1: This life is really short, this life on earth. And in comparison to eternity, if you had a line with eternity drawn on it, and you put this life on that line, it would be the tiniest, most minuscule little dot. And what's interesting is there's some significance to what we do here, and we ought to bring more heaven to earth. We ought to express God's love through the way that we show up. And we also ought to remember that this life isn't nearly as important as oftentimes we make it out to be. And what I'm working on right now is lessening my attachment to the things of this world and increasing my attachment to God and to eternity and to the things that really, really matter. And so I want to call people to really care about and show up in the best way they can in their business, in their family, in their faith, in all areas of life to be a leader in your community and also to remember that, especially in the hard times, that this isn't nearly as important as we sometimes make it seem to be. The life beyond this is so much greater, so much more important. And we've got something really special waiting for us.
0: I love that reminder. And I think I'm going to do that. Put your life on the line, literally on the line of eternity, Mm -hmm. right? Draw it up on on a whiteboard, put it on your wall and give yourself, you know, just perspective when you're struggling with something that seems monumental Mm -hmm. and just look at your life on the line of eternity. And see how unimportant that thing is and surrender it, trusting God. What's the best way for BC Nation to get in touch with you?
1: If you had a specific question for me, you could email me at Justin at Faith to I would also love to just be connected to you on social media. You can connect with me, Justin Janowski, follow the Faith to Influence pages on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm certainly not uh, a leader who has too many raving fans or too many friends on social media, I'd love to connect with you and get to know you over time.
0: It's fantastic. And you have a few uh, retreats for men coming up. When's your next one?
1: Our next one is coming up in July. We've got July. July. Is this going
0: to be a face-to-face or?
1: July, we're planning face-to-face right now. We're, we're okay. going to be bold in our faith and plan for that. God if willing. If it cannot happen face-to-face, uh, face-to-face, face-to-face, it definitely will happen face-to-face. If it cannot happen face-to-face, we will, pivot and we'll run it virtually and give you a free ticket to come face-to-face again in the future, which is what we did in our May retreats and people had an incredible experience.
0: Now, what's the investment on this? Is it a few hundred bucks, a few thousand bucks? What should I prepare for before I even go to my site? It's a little thousand
1: dollars. It's 1500 for most of our retreats. Uh, Occasionally we'll have a special kind of retreat that is planned to be virtual and is a lower price point. And some of our retreats will cost a little bit more, but $1,500 is the common retreat price.
0: That's not bad at all for a three-day event, room and board, food, I'm guessing. Yes. Like the package, that's pretty yes. good, yeah. All right, fantastic. Justin, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace and joy in your life, my friend.
1: Thank you, Joseph.
0: Cheers. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse you just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently, like be done with the addiction, be done with the medications, be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids, we lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked, and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net, and let's see if I'm your guy.